Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Joe Wilson. That is Stephen Jones. And we're bringing you episode 81, I believe. Uh, our first... We in- don't even know. I, I, I should have had that ready to go, but it's it's in the low 80s. <laughs> it's much like the uh, daytime sunshine in the low 80s in the middle of November, or early November, right. late October. Actually, it's been getting cold the last few days. It rained. Oh my God! It what rained. Was there was thunder and lightning. There was hail. You saw hail. I didn't get. I didn't see any hail. Proof yeah. that Californians are the weakest people in the United States. We were like, Oh my God! It's Ru- raining. Run for cover. What, what is this happening? stuff coming from the sky? Everyone was terrified. Yes. We, uh, Jackie and I, were caught in the parking lot of uh, Trader Joe's, uh, and it was a mess. It was a real mess. We actually sat in the car, waited for it to subside. We were so. So scared of it. I heard you were trying to collect hail in your uh, in your car seat that that your son was in. No, no, no. We we put him in a carrier. He was on a chest carrier, and you're that, that's what you were collecting hail in. Yeah, well, no, we got in the car just before the hail hit. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so none of it landed on the kid. Thank goodness. I know, right? Yeah, that'd be something. He'd be like, ah. Uh, he, he would have been like, ah. <laughs> he screams way louder than that. <laughs> he does. It would have been a good a excuse. But uh, he's he's grown into his own here a little bit. Uh, he's catching he's, up. He's wearing three month clothes. He's three months old. So how about that, right? He's uh, I think he's still a few pounds behind average size for his age, but he's he's almost there. Yeah, he's catching it, up. In in a couple months, it won't be noticeable. So yeah, it's I mean it's yeah it's kind of it's noticeable now. He's small for sure, but <clears throat> it's not like um like uh, he was when he was first born, where it was like holy shit, right? <laughs> That kid's small. I know. <laughs> I didn't know they made him that small. Yeah, they, that is a mini human being, <laughs> not a full-size human being. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is our first in-person pod in months it's been and a months. a long time. It's months and long, months. Well, I mean, I had a kid. You did? <laughs> I moved. You did that? I've been working. You, you did that as well? I've, I've made time for the other pods. You have? FaceTime. Yes. Made, made FaceTime. FaceTime. Not actual time. <laughs> but they, uh, they've been good. The pods have been fun. Uh, I'm glad I've been still doing them, but it's good to do one in person for sure. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So today on the program, we have an all girl punk rock band named Potty Mouth. Tell me a little bit about Potty Mouth, Steve. Potty Mouth has been around for about three years. They're from Boston, I believe. Boston. Yes. And you only believe? I believe you will check the interview. Double check. For the, <laughs> for the, Double check. For, yes. Uh, so um, the, the best thing that we can do here on Concert Pipeline is is be uninformed. That's that's the best thing we can do for your entertainment. That's the best way to do it. So. That's when we're the, we're at our best when we have no idea what we're talking about. Yes. Stephen talking out of his ass. But um, as I'm confirming information, I think it's we'll say Boston because they don't have a Wikipedia page. So um, there it is. They're from Boston. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, Steven, I got a question for you. You do? Yeah. I had a kid at work the other day ask me a random question. And I should have known the answer, but I didn't. And I was embarrassed that I didn't know the answer. But I'll feel better knowing that you won't know it either. Okay. Can you name the drummer from Rush? Uh-oh. Do you have any clue? I, I, I don't think I can pull it. No? I should, I should be able to. His last name starts with a P, if that helps. What's the first name, sorry? Yes, I believe. Okay, I don't, I don't got, I got nothing. I don't His have name it. is Steve Perth, I believe. But okay. I, I had no idea. They were on the cover of Rolling Stone this past week, so that's, oh, probably, that's probably why you're... Well, he's a dr- the kid's a drummer. Okay. And so he was like, you know who the drummer is from Rushes? And oh, come like, on. They're I was like, dude, 30, get- 30 years old. And I kept it real. I was like, yeah. nobody gives a fuck no. about drummers, okay? There's like three notable drummers ever. Good luck. One of them is Ringo, and he plays yeah. a five-piece set, so fuck yeah. off. I was like, are you kidding me? I shouldn't have to know who that is. And I don't. And don't you inquisition me about music. Yeah. Well, he's the kid's been to a lot of shows. He knows his shit, for sure. Yeah. He definitely knows his music. He knows his way around. It was just more like I was caught off guard by the fact that I, he was I like, couldn't have pulled that, I'll be honest. No, no. And he's no. like 23 or 24. But he's been a drummer for 16 years. Yeah. And that was the point I made. Is, of course yeah, you know of, who the drummers yeah. are. You were a drummer. You're a drummer. Yes, our friend Colleen's other... husband, Justin, about saxophonist. I mean, he you know, if he asked, if you were to ask us about who's the saxophonist in Dave Matthews' band, they're no the idea. only band that Colleen likes. And right, right. and she wouldn't know. You're, she wouldn't. Well, know. she she, she would probably she would? know this. Yeah, but she would know the saxophonist because he's super into him and everything. And I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know if she would. So, I, I think we've talked about the saxophonist oh, really? before for Dave Matthews' band. So I'm pretty you sure you and her. She, 
Yeah. Uh, well, because okay, because well, of this. because that, her because husband of, plays yes. saxophone, so I'm sure that's why. Yes. Yeah. If to it, be fair, if he was not in the picture, she would not probably know the name. No, no, she know who Dave Matthews she was. Would. Yeah. yeah, but the drummer for Dave Matthews is one of the notable drummers. I don't remember his name, but he's yeah. a beast. Yeah, his drum set is insane. It's insane. It's like eighty pieces, and it's like, and he's really, really good. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that was what that was interesting i just wanted to throw that out it's there. good good piece of trivia there uh, uh it's it's just showing our ignorance really it is we're, that's like what we're doing we, here. yeah we know very specific things about specific bands <laughs> in terms of like broad strokes not really yeah, there, there's a hey, there's a lot of music out there that's the and, thing well like i'll say this too like uh we're we're specialized in the ones that we enjoy so like i don't feel like i i yeah there's general trivia questions that everybody should know but guitarists and lead singers i think are, you know everybody knows them nobody knows fucking bassists and drummers even if they're audiophiles or musophiles they don't care because it's not you could plug and play yeah there's some that are more prevalent also right. like, travis borker right? i mean adrian young right those are drummers that people know about because they're you know kind of the character pieces yeah. <laughs> but there's i i think i don't know i thought it was interesting that i was being crucified for that by a kid 10 years my junior <laughs> <laughs> about a band 10 years your senior right 10 plus years yeah, my I, know, senior, yeah. Yeah. I think they were even like they're, i i could, probably started, totally talking out of my ass but i think they started in like the late 60s it, uh, rush has been around for 30 or 40 years yeah yeah mm-hmm. i would i'm gonna go say, i'm gonna say late 60s i think their first album was like 67 or 68 and I do know that because I remember watching Freaks and Geeks. The kid from Freaks and Geeks was all about the drums. Okay. One of the kids was Jason Siegel's character. He's like, not a good drummer. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so, 68, you're right. Mm. Good call. Great what call. the fuck is up? High five. Yeah, there you there go. There we go. See, yep. I know weird shit like that. You do. You got that. And that album was awesome. Um, Neil Pert. Pert, there it is. I Neil. said Perth. You said, you said I said Steve. Yeah, you yeah, it is Neil. Neil. See, I didn't even know the fucking guy's name after a fucking you, you du- douche quiz me, me. Yeah, yeah. If you'd been like Neil Pert, I'd be like wrong, wrong. Steve, Steve Pert, <laughs> and it's Perth. Okay, oh, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, potty mouth yeah. from Boston. Potty, potty mouth from Boston. Supposedly, so. maybe from Boston. East coast somewhere. East coast somewhere. Yeah. They're going to love the way that you're flavored, flavoring this, Stephen. Yeah. I hope they kick your ass. I hope the next time you see them, they're like, <laughs> that's the guy who fucked up our interview. And they kick you in the balls. The interview was good, actually. And um, so... Actually, as opposed to most well, of your interviews. No, they're all great. Are they're, you kidding? They're getting, they've gotten a lot I've, better. Oh, my God. I remember in your I remember your old reel when you like spliced together uh-huh. like so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. And then there was like a little bit of interaction where they were saying stuff and you were saying stuff and it was so awkward wasn't there one you interviewed at like redwood middle school at like no. a run you you interviewed somebody in a parking lot from like a smaller band it's on my reel no it was a it was just the guy saying his name into the not a i don't camera. think i haven't interviewed anybody at redwood i don't think i did and at that point there wasn't a music scene even in napa no but you had interviewed somebody in a parking lot and i wanted to say it was here in napa and this is years ago, probably 10 years ago. Because I don't think 10 years back. Was there an Alice at 97.3 interview you did in a parking lot somewhere? Not here in Napa. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm trying to remember back to my reel, and I don't know. But there are certain parts that... I, I, I don't know. It, it was... I, tried, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He, Steven has met so many people, he yeah, doesn't even remember who he's met. There's a, There's been a lot. I've, I've done a lot of interviews. A lot of interviews, which is why you're finally good at it. You're. This is episode 80-something. But you've easily done more than eighty interviews. Oh, I was yeah. going to say easily, probably two hundred. Easily, should we call this your two hundredth interview? Let's just, let's just say it's a milestone. <laughs> okay, all right. Play some music in the background on that. Well, there it is. There it is. Celebratory music for Stevens' two hundredth ish interview. Yeah. Well, speaking to how long I've been around uh, and in this kind of scene, so uh, the interview was uh, at the New Parish in Oakland. Okay. Um, this little place that's a couple of blocks from um, from the uh, Fox Theater in Oakland. Okay. Uh, so you got your car broken so, into? Yeah, which is where my car got broken into uh, like a week or two before. And uh, and so I was nervous parking in the first place. I was like, I might as well break my own window at this point. You like, should leave that note that's like, doors unlocked, nothing of value in the vehicle. Yeah. Except for the laptop on the back seat. You <laughs> cock soaks. You cock 
smokers don't, don't mind know. that i almost say cock soaker <laughs> your cock soaker so like a super soaker i don't know i don't want to know <laughs> conjures terrible images yeah yeah well uh, so you were scared so that someone's gonna break into your car i was i was nervous in. i wanted to check on it but I, I i didn't go out i just dealt with it um i was like what will happen will happen and i can't affect it so um, I, I can't go in expecting it. I, I mean, if I were going to do that, this has happened twice this year right. that it's happened. But right. I, what am I going to do? Give up my hobby because no, I think that? you leave the door unlocked. I think you leave your car unlocked legitimately. Leave nothing of value in the car and leave it unlocked. You really think the first thing they do is smash the window? No, they try to pull the handle. And if it's unlocked, they can get in and rifle through all your shit. And they're not going to get anything but dog hair all over their shirt, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so and kid crumbs hair, all over their hands. Right? Ew, what the hell did I just touch? I know, right? I mean, they're crackheads, oh. so they're probably stoked. They're like, hmm. What if they take like a car seat or something that totally just fucks me over? Uh, Don't leave the car seat in the car when you're going to Oakland. Take it out. <sighs> take, oh, you, God, you it's know, so hard. Taking. I have a car seat now, Stephen, and it's not it's, hard to take oh, out. Yeah, you have the one that for an infant that just clips out right away. The other one clips in, too. And clip it right the in. The other one clips the, the same other, way. Yeah. For a um, for, yeah for a toddler for an, yeah for a toddler uh-huh. it it straps in and it's pretty it's pretty tough to get it in just right so so it's what you're saying is it's not worth the potential it's, ten minutes of work to get it out and the ten minutes to get it back in oh when you no. get home no 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 to prevent somebody from breaking into your car they're not going to take I mean they're not going to take break in to take it because they just they break the front <laughs> so they break the front work. window what if they steal my car seat but they're not going to steal the car they're seat. not well <laughs> that's it, what you just said <laughs> well they're not going to do it if they're break if they're breaking the window they're not going to pull a car seat through the window right and they're not going to unlock the door because the alarm will go off when so they you're saying the if you leave it unlocked that they're going to go oh i can just get into the back seat right. and take this car seat out pretty much but i mean i think it's important to ask the question then what the fuck are they going to do with the car seat yeah so uh in oakland my car did not get stolen or broken into or anything uh, along those lines it even though you should leave it open, and I'd like to announce my son is on the pod with us today, contributing. He's a talkative one, so he is. <laughs> I'm he- not pinching him. I promise. Steve's watching on Facetime. He's just he's just being a baby. Yeah, this uh, we're picking this up a little bit later because we had mentioned earlier in the pod that it was an in-person pod. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so uh, yeah, so we have George joining us now. Um, and so, uh, so the show with Potty Mouth, um, get get there, and there was another interview that was that they were doing before my interview. Yeah, hell yeah, and hell yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, the other interview was uh, it, uh, I knew the person who was interviewing them, as th- this guy named Pete Marr. Um, uh, he was a DJ at Star 1013 when I interned there, and I knew him from Live 105 and stuff, so we'd cross paths over Are the years. you interned at Star 1013? In 2001, yeah. Like, before I graduated... Uh, high, was it before I graduated high school, even, maybe? 2001? Oh, 2001 is... It was right around when I graduated high school, so... What did you do as an intern at Star 1013? I was with the promotions department, so this was back before they were shit and more... Um, it was just 80s music at the time. So it went from... That is so fucking cool. It, Why did I not know this about you? This is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I mean, you should have. Um, but This is the coolest thing you've ever done. <laughs> well, literally, it, literally the only thing that you've done better is have kids. Wow. Everything, everything else in your life pales in comparison to you being an intern at Star 1013. Well, I, I've interned at other locations too. Is it cool that I've interned at CBS Eye on the Bay or no? No. Oh, just start. No, Star One Hundred and Three is credible and amazing. Eighties music only, fucking asshole. How come you never told me about this? It, so it was eighties, and then it was eighties and more, and then by the time I I got out of there, like a, a year later, you know, whenever <laughs> you I got finished, out of there, like you escaped. Well, so it the music. It was a bad job. I hated it. The music started getting pretty bad. Uh, it it uh, became eighties. Smashmouth Steve as well, by the way. It is. It was 80s, 90s now. So they they, were, they sold out to the ratings. Uh, right, too much Smash Mouth, right? Right, exactly. And there was no Smash Mouth in the 80s music that they were playing. Uh, Somebody once told me. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know, where where did I get from? Oh, yeah, so I knew him from Star 1013 when he was uh, a part-time DJ there. And um, he didn't specifically remember me 15 years later now 
Um, you look exactly the he, same. I know he didn't. Re- he didn't remember me 15 years later. But we talked. I mean, after our both of our interviews, uh, we we talked for a while um, and caught up and everything. And he's a good guy, Pete Marr. You can check out his show. Um, it airs like I don't know after he said after SNL on Saturday night, so early morning Sunday Sunday morning. No fucking way! You talk to a guy who has a local broadcast on, television it's, program. It's on the CW now. Um, Right, right, right. That's so, a local broadcast. Yeah, state. yeah. That's crazy. So, so we we're yeah we were just hanging out up you know upstairs before the band came on and and everything and uh, and we chatted for a while and caught up on on some you know some old stuff like that. So it was it was cool to see. Um, you know, someone, that's crazy, man. Good for you. Yeah, it's a good time. Okay, tell me more about this fucking internship. What did you do while you were there? You said you worked in the promotions department. Yeah. What is that? Uh, so that means I went went out on site to a lot of events. Uh, like we'd go out to A's games and be outside, and we'd we'd play music and give away keychains, and sometimes have a you know one of those wheels that you spin to win prizes, and um, and we hand we'd send out concert tickets and stuff. And one of the cool things that this is this is really dating uh, that internship now, but one of the cool things like uh, sometimes you get extra free stuff as part of a. Uh, you know, being in the promotions department, I got uh, a, fr- a f- blockbuster card that gave me a free movie rental every week for a year. Um, so, Did you steal it? No, no, they they had an extra one, and they're like, "Hey, you want it?" And I'm like, "Sure." So I had the a perks of the job. You're right, and um, and so th- uh, so that was cool. You you do stuff with the DJs sometimes. We did like I don't know AIDS benefits, the uh, the Pride Parade. We did. Um, you know, tons of like just uh, events. So, got, getting out and around um, local stuff at pizza places or whatever. Um, I got up on top of the Star One Hundred One Three van at the AIDS walk, and I was I was on the mic, and like uh, people were walking by or jogging by, and uh, and uh, I was singing "Who Let the Dogs Out." Was- oh my God! You got on top of a van in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. And I remember Pete Marr walking by with Steve Masters. Do you know, you know, you know who Steve Masters yeah, is? Yeah, Steve Masters yeah. used to DJ on Live 105. He used to DJ on Star 101.3 when I was there too. So, And uh, yeah, Steve Masters actually helped me with a class project. At, uh, it was at, I was at Napa College. Yeah, he, he did it. And Don Blue did a little spot for my class project at, uh, at uh, Napa College. Oh, man, memories. That's fucking believable. You sang Baja Man in front of a crowd. Uh, did yeah. You do- let the dogs out or did you do the whole like yibby yo line oh no i didn't do any more than that <laughs> all you did was ask the crowd who got the, who let the dogs out no 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 i got into it dude you know me i go big or go home uh, listen it's i know you and it's it's your it's your signature move smash mouth and baja men are now yes, your song yes that's it right uh, holy shit dude oh man yeah we did, that's awesome we did some fun events though awesome. we, this is so this is so much more interesting than anything else we've talked about ever well we i mean we cut we were outside the u2 shows at the san jose event center did that we did that for two nights and then on the first night um they released some floor tickets for the second night for like 45 dollars. i mean they're 45 dollar floor tickets um for u2 so i had i'd bought a more expensive seated ticket um or whatever for the first night and so i got a floor ticket ticket for the second night and i got to be in the heart which is right up against the stage and and no doubt opened and that's when gwen stefani sang to me and um and i right, the, and, uh, the legendary fictitious gwen singing to you moment yep and uh and i shook you guys were in the same room at the same time so she was singing to you right and i shook bono's hand yep so right did you did he have a limp dick handshake uh, uh, he 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 was shaking hands in the crowd, so it was one right, of those. Was it a firm handshake or was it limp dicked? It uh, it was probably pretty firm. I mean, I don't know. This is 15 years ago, man. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Yeah, but that's a first impressions yeah. kind yeah. of thing, man. If I judge a man based on his handshake, yeah. if there isn't a firm grip there, there's no eye contact, and it's not a uh, they hold it too long, uh, or they try to slap and pound hands with me, any of that shit. Yeah. I, they're automatically on my shit list. Oh, okay. That's that's two strikes and a full count against them. I'm sure his handshake was fine, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe you. Okay. I don't why remember. You, why are you covering for Bono? <laughs> I don't think he needs my uh, approval of his handshake. Right. He's doing all right. Without, right. Every with, day is a beautiful day when you're it, Bono. Oh, yes, it is. And, uh,. In elevation or something, <laughs> I couldn't tie in. That was your callback. Good job, Steve. Yeah, it was the eleva- it was the elevation tour. So, um, oh, there you go. Yeah, 
So lots of good times at Star One Hundred Three. That was a fun internship. I had some others. It sounds. Yeah. I, that's why I'm shocked that yeah. I've never fucking heard this before. We'll, it sounds awesome. We'll get together and I'll tell you some some more stories sometime. But there yeah, is. Tell me in the pod. It's uh, that's that's all we got time for right now. We got to get to some potty mouth, sir. Uh, okay. Can we come back and talk more about this shit later? If if you like, if you're that intrigued, you ask questions and I'll answer. I'm into it. But but right now, uh, we're gonna listen to a song from Potty Mouth and then get into their interview. You wanna you wanna introduce the song that we're gonna listen to? So the name of the song is uh, is it it's Creeper Weed? That's correct. And uh, do you know what Creeper Weed is? Steven? You're about to tell me. Uh, because you're a child when it comes to such <laughs> things, my friend. Um, so Creeper Weed is weed that you smoke. And you feel fine. You don't feel very high. You feel, like, fine. But it creeps up on you. And then in a short period of time, or usually a little bit longer, maybe an hour, 45 minutes, it hits you and you feel really fucking stoned. So it creeps up on you. That's the name, Creeper Weed. Oh, nice. Well, that, well I think we'll hear Potty Mouth sing a little bit about Creeper Weed, and then we'll, uh, we'll have a little chat with them afterwards. How's that sound? Sounds great. Here it is. Hey, this is Victoria. This is Abby. This is Allie. We're Potty Mouth and you're listening to Concert Pipeline.
All right, I am here with Abby, Allie, and Victoria backstage at the New Parish in Oakland. How What's are you, up? How are you ladies doing today? <laughs> Good. How are you? <laughs> Pretty great. You guys just got in. You like skidded in on the on your heels. Yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of traffic, so we had to like get in here and sound check and and run up here and do all this business. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you're uh, you came from the North Seattle area, is that right? Yeah, we played Seattle the night before last, right? Yeah. So we've spent a lot of Either time way. in the car the past two days because we left Seattle yesterday morning, drove down to Arcata, California, and then from Arcata here. So just like 16 hours in the car. How, how is that? I mean, how do you guys get along well enough where that's okay, or is there is there tension? You guys just need need your space after a while. What's all these with all these questions about tearing the band apart? Come on, we're, we're, one of our interviews is going to break the band up tonight, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's fine tonight. Today was a, like a very quiet ride, I think, because we've just been in the car for like the last two days, and so you sort of run out of stuff to talk about. But we've been listening to a lot of Cheryl Crow, so. That's been <laughs> entertaining enough. I saw you made a, a playlist for Nerdist and Cheryl oh, Crow yeah. kind of let it off, right? Yes, if it makes you happy. It can't be that bad. Yeah. So tell me tell <laughs> me about that playlist. How did that come together and how do you kind of decide on tracks for that? I actually just like made that playlist on the plane ride over to LA, flying out here for this tour. And it's just a... Um, conglomeration i guess of a compilation, a compilation of of songs that we all really like just picked from different playlists that we've all made and so it's pretty i ca- i just was like okay 20 songs um that are representative of the stuff that we all listen to as a group and the stuff that inspires our songwriting because i think that people you know should get to know our inspirations it provides a context for um our music so so tell me about uh, you guys have been around for about five years or so at this point is that okay yes. yeah uh, it will be five years in february we yeah. formed february 2011 so so how did you guys get together how do you meet uh, meet each other and uh, and decide to start an all-girl punk rock band um, well, Victoria and I were both students at Smith College, and um, our other original guitarist, Phoebe, was also a student there, so we all knew each other, and then Phoebe knew Abby through mutual friends in Western Mass, and we all wanted to be in a band, and we all just literally just got together, went to my house, and we're like, let's, let's try something, <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> So tell me, tell me about the music scene in uh, Massachusetts. Are there a lot of bands, uh, local bands, that you guys uh, kind of started playing with and kind of grew up with? Well, it's the music scene in Massachusetts is interesting. It's not as I feel like it tends to be over romanticized by people from the outside looking in because it does have such kind of a specific history of of indie rock coming from it like dinosaur jr pixies um thurston warren kim gordon used to live there etc but it is more disparate than it seems and one fun fact is speedy ortiz actually played their first show with us um and it was very early on for us too it was like in the first year that we were a band but it, their first show was with us at flywheel which is in east hampton mass and we didn't know them then, but we've we've become friends with them because we are you know came from the same geographic music scene. And so your first EP that you guys did was uh, Sun Damage. Tell me a little bit about how that came together. Mm, that was just we. It sort of was like a progression of we put out a tape and then decided to take the next step and put out a record and it was just the songs that we were playing at the time we only had like eight songs that we had written and so we just recorded those and three separate labels that are just like out of people's houses put their (laughs) resources together and put it out that way 
mm-hmm. and and so I've seen. Uh, I mean, I can listening to all of it. I've I've heard a, a great progression from you guys from from that to your most recent self titled EP. Yeah. Tell me about uh, you know how that's come about. Um, I mean, it's just being. I think it's just the natural progression of being a band for so long is that you get you figure out your style, you get comfortable together, you get into a rhythm of writing songs and then yeah you just like naturally become tighter as a band and that sort of like forms your sound yeah and and on your new ep um your your first single is cherry picking and i i saw your video for that and it's it's got a real 90s like vhs feel sort of feel tell tell me about you know how you what you decided to go that direction um we had a uh well he's our friend now we this uh i don't know what what do we say about (laughs) well um yeah we didn't have like a really big budget to make a music video or anything so we wanted to keep the concept pretty simple and uh through a mutual friend we got connected to leo ford who um just graduated from bard in film i guess because that seems to be what he does and so he you know we just asked him if he'd be willing to make the music video for us and he said sure and he had this idea to um parody the scene from rock and roll high school where the ramones just appear in a teenage um fan girl's bedroom and play for her and his idea was to do the gender inverse of that and that we would appear in a teenage boy fan's bedroom um but we didn't just want to do that we didn't want to just like it just seems too like you know just like doing the gender binary it's not really changing anything and so we are like okay let's do that but let's like have the fan be a girl and not make it a thing where she feels like intimidated or starstruck by us but you know kind of inspired and and confident and by the end of the video she's just playing the song with us and the point was to really show that it doesn't have to be this like unattainable ideal being in a band it's 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 real and it's attainable and that's the message we really do want to be sending young girls and women um that's something that's important to us so yeah and you and you mentioned i mean obviously playing uh, towards women on the in on the wall in that video is a whole poster um do you find a lot of inspiration from uh female vocalists and uh and female-led rock bands like hole and garbage and that sort of thing yeah yeah i love hole garbage juliana hatfield veruca salt um like on our way here ali bought a a garbage CD so that we could listen to it in the van. Um, I mean, I it's definitely been like a recent thing that I've discovered all these bands like through my bandmates mostly. Um, I grew up listening to more Green Day and uh, Jesus and Mary Chain and stuff like that. But I I don't know. It's way more inspiring to see women doing what I want to do. Yeah. And you mentioned buying a CD. Is that still a thing? Oh, it is for <laughs> me, definitely. Because my car back at home can only play CDs. So my whole front, like the floor in front of my front passen- yeah. passenger seat is just filled with CDs. But we also are trying to save <laughs> our data. So. Yeah. It's like boring logistical reasons for why we are listening to CDs but there we also went to Pike Place Market in Seattle and there was like um the rummage store it was literally called rummage and they had all these UCDs for a dollar a piece so I bought a bunch nice nice so uh so what else are you listening to right now um Chill Crow. yeah are they playing at the dance party or growing yeah, up they're playing Chill Crow. Just, uh what is it soak up the sun is that what they're playing down there? I can't even tell. There's like a crazy dance party happening downstairs. It's going nuts. It's it's. But we did listen to Cheryl Crow the whole way here. So <laughs> does that does that inspire you, or does it just kind of make you sad? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Cheryl Crow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's totally inspiring. <laughs> so when you're when you're writing your music, do you have a place where you go to to write? Is there a specific mindset you have to get into, or? No, not really. I mean, for me. I play guitar every day when I'm at home and I just sort of 
jam out by myself and if I write something that I like or if something comes to me while I'm riffing then <laughs> it can turn into a song but I don't feel the need to like go by myself in a dark corner and like <laughs> find inspiration uh, it usually just sort of comes out of me at some point yeah and, and you mentioned kind of green, being a big fan of Green Day and yeah. in the last interview uh, you, you said you got to see them when, when was it that you got to see them mm, that was 2012 I think yeah which was the first stadium concert I had ever been to also how, how was it <laughs> oh it was amazing <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it was crazy I was like down on the floor and all these people were crushing me the whole time but it was awesome i mean to get like 15 feet away from them <laughs> oh yeah yeah especially yeah. in a stadium show like that you know? yeah I mean, where there's so many people i mean it's green days being from the bay area i mean they're just uh they've played here a lot and i've gotten a chance to see oh, them cool. like uh i saw them at at t uh, park which is a stadium and then like two weeks mm -hmm. later at the warfield which only holds like two thousand oh yeah people which i mean was in, in, incredible to see them in such a small place like that so. yeah when we played in south by southwest a few years ago i know they were playing some club or there was a rumor that they were playing some club as foxborough hot tubs is that what yeah, it was? yeah yeah and i was like i have to go yeah. and i went over there and there was a huge line outside obviously i couldn't get in but i don't even know if that was true or not i hope it was because that would be <laughs> really cool yeah i saw them as foxborough hot tubs open for green day oh uh, nice which was just i mean mind-blowing it was like yeah. three and a half hours of Green Day. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. It was, it was pretty incredible. So yeah. Um, so uh, whatever. What other concerts? Like, what was your first concert that you went to, and when did you decide, hey, this is what I want to do, being in a band, mm. for each of you? <laughs> well, for me, that was like the first concert I had ever been to, and I was a senior in high school. But I had been going to my friends' local shows since I was in like eighth grade, just going to basement shows and. I had some friends who were in a kind of popular band in high school and I guess they played clubs but I I don't know it just it didn't really feel like shows cuz it was just hanging out with my friends and then they would play music. <laughs> yeah. And what was your first concert return? I don't really remember either because I was just going to like local shows. Oh yeah, The Heist and the Accomplice, which is a Columbia South Carolina band like pre Toro Moi. Is it? band members and I, yeah they live up here now so yeah. yeah nice my first concert was Spice Girls there it is <laughs> and then ja, not ja, no Ja Rule came later Spice Girls and Weird Al together uh, no no no, no <laughs> just like, like in the same time period I was like how did that life. get set up <laughs> like in the 90s yeah. at some point but like um I that's not like what inspired me to want to play music I think what inspired me to want to play music was just like going to punk shows throughout my teenage years and seeing all these stupid boys play dumb songs and make it look so easy and just put out records and go on tour like it was nothing and yeah. I mean they're not all stupid like <laughs> I do distinctly remember my my first boyfriend who who um told i think he lives here now actually Does but he? pretty sure but he um i would always like complain to him or not complain but be like how how are you just like he didn't go to his high school graduation he went on a u.s tour with his punk band i'm like how do you do that like it really just seemed like an impossible thing to me i just like didn't understand how they could like book this thing themselves and just do it themselves and he was just like Allie like every song I'm playing on guitar you could play too and I was like really and he's like yeah and then I bought his little brother's bass from him and that was my first bass and that's when I started teaching myself bass so how much how many hours a day do you, would you say you put into playing bass Oh, I mean, not that much at first because I was still in college and I was really, really busy and it was hard to do while I was in, living in a dorm because I couldn't really play through an amp without pissing anyone off. Yeah. And um, that's another thing that I feel strongly about is like colleges should have practice spaces for loud music because otherwise it's really hard to use. If you're at a residential college where you're living in a crowded dorm, it's hard to use that time to... Um, develop that way um of course you could like not plug in or whatever but 
but yeah, I mean, it wasn't until after I graduated college and started p- forming bands and then Potty Mouth formed that I really buckled down and got serious. Yeah, and, and Victoria, how many like uh, how did you get started playing drums? Um, I've been playing since I was playing on and off since I was like eight or nine, and so I'd started taking like jazz and funk lessons. Um, yeah. So jazz and funk lessons. Did you did you listen to a lot of jazz and funk growing up? Or no, did that, my teacher just that? had me playing like uh, what do you call it, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh wow! And like stuff like that. So yeah, that's what I kind of learned. So how do you progress from jazz and funk to uh, to potty mouth? I guess like towards high school, I just got into different music, punk, and different things like that, um, and I would just listen along and play. And then when I got to college. Um, I met Allie, and then that's how this all happened. And you were in other punk bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, so you mentioned before in the interview before that you have a, a bunch of songs kind of ready. Would you say they're ready to be recorded uh, or that you've already kind of... Um, it's They're all different. I mean, there are songs that we have recorded as a full band. There are some songs that are just me with an acoustic guitar like in my basement um but i mean there there are a lot of songs that are they could be recorded and would be a potty mouth song if we had the time to sit down and like really think about how we wanted them all to sound um we just yeah that's sort of what we did with the ep is we just picked the best material out of all that to sort of tell people that we're still doing stuff and that more stuff is coming out so yeah what what do you think is the timeline for that sometime next year the goal is to have something by the summer of 2016 so <laughs> we'll see if that happens <laughs> uh, very cool yeah and um and Victoria, um you're a big fan of weezer and your guys are going to be doing a weezer song tonight yeah right so how did how did that come about um it's no one else and i guess it's my favorite weezer song and i I'm someone who doesn't really listen or pay as much attention to the lyrics of a song rather than the music. Um, and so it wasn't until like I was in college that I realized what the lyrics were and I was like, whoa, yeah. that's really messed up. Um, and so we just decided to cover it to kind of like shine light on how messed up it is. Um, it's really awkward to, yeah, to just sing those lyrics as a woman. Yeah. Yeah, and have you ever have you been able to see Weezer before? No, you haven't seen him. Okay, uh, I saw him last year. I think I've seen him a couple, two or three. I've seen him like three times. I think at this point nice. now. But I was um, covering a, a festival, and they just walked in, you know. And I was trying to get my now ex-wife to take a picture of me and Weezer, you know, but she wouldn't do it. <laughs> they were like as close as you know I was to you and everything. And well, yeah, exactly. But uh, so that was that was pretty cool. I was there, but didn't get the picture. So fucking ex-wife <laughs> right <laughs> okay this, this, yeah. he's going a different direction now yeah. <laughs> no it's okay uh, yeah so uh, so yeah so um, what do you guys see for your future you're going back you're going to fly back uh, east and then kind of do some more shows there yeah we f- have a few more shows out here and then we go home and we do a week with screaming females in the northeast and then we're going to have a little break for a bit over the holidays and hopefully be touring again in January or February. That's sort of the plan. You have plans to come back here to the West Coast? Um, Nothing locked down, but I mean, we definitely want to. You should. Yeah. You should. There's a good scene out here for you guys. So, and the music scene out here is, I mean, incredible. So Yeah. You'll always be welcome back. So Cool. Cool. Well, uh, Potty Mouth, thanks for doing the interview with Costa Yeah, Pipeline thank you today. for having us. Totally. So that was the interview with Potty Mouth. Yeah, what'd you think about that, George? What do you think, George? He's milk wasted, bro. He's out. He, he is. He is. That's the way to be. If yeah, only you had some of that creeper milk. Did <laughs> what? What is the creeper milk? Took him out. Yeah. Uh, well, he drank it and thought he was awake and was going to throw it up all over me, but instead fell asleep. Yeah. Well. He's now practically face down. <laughs> In creeper milk. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, little drew puddle so you you wanted to talk more about the internship at star 1013 what what would you like to know no we should save this for the next episode I, there was a, one other thing i wanted to ask you about go for it how did you not know about sting's legendary tantric sex 
I I don't know. I don't know that it ever crossed my radar. I mean, so you know all the lyrics to the Beard Naked Lady songs and other crappy music from the late nineties. <laughs> I mean, it was a period of my but life. You but you don't know what they mean. Well, I'm, I, trying to, I'm trying to give you some meaning here so you can appreciate that music you love so much. I mean, because I love it so much. You do. You know. You know all the. You know all the lyrics to that song. I don't know them all. I I remember that one. Yes, and what lyric is it? Can you sing it to us? Uh, like Harrison Ford. Uh, I'm. Wait, what was it? What is the Harrison Ford part? Chinese Chinese, Chinese chicken. You have a drumstick and your brain stops ticking. Watching X Files with no lights on. LMA's on. Like Harrison Ford, I'm uh, getting. Uh, like Harrison Ford, I'm getting. I don't remember that part. Uh, like Sting, I'm tantric, and it was there guaranteed to satisfy. Like Adam Auto Mead films, Keanu Reeves films. But if I did, they have a samurai and break a ticket like I like I like I like I like it was the finest of the flavors. Get in the cartoon because the moon you got the sailor moon. This is a cartoon. Is you have to sign a waiver. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help it if I think it's funny when I'm at. trying hard not to smile though. I feel bad. Make me feel bad. That's right. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean. Well, you seem well. I have a history yeah. of. Wearing my mind on my sleeve. It's Get been to the fucking chorus. It's been <laughs> one week since, since you looked at me. It's been five days since I don't know. <laughs> since something was angry. Right. Yeah. Yesterday you've forgiven me, but it's still t- three days till I say I'm sorry. There you go. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, saw bare naked ladies the other day. That's right. And uh, yes. and you said you yeah. saw the band too, right? Yes. Uh, Oh. oh yes, um, oh. yes. I saw the band on on top of the bare naked ladies. That's right. Uh, how was it? it? It was it was cool. They did eight songs, and um, and we'll talk about that they one. Did eight songs. They did eight songs. Yeah. Oh, eight. I heard yeah. eight songs. They did not do AIDS songs. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> songs about AIDS. Everyone's yeah. got AIDS. There it is. It's the only song about AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> that's it right no, there that's right. there was like that multi what the fuck was it um in the early 90s wasn't there like an aids album that got released by like every popular singer of the time oh there there, uh, there was that song there was um, we are the world no oh, they did they uh covered marvin Gaye's. um uh they did that song for for aids what's going on was it what's going on is that Mar- I remember, I remember yeah. Marvin Gaye had his first public performance in 30 years. Well, they performed, he performed that song live at the A's Benefit. Well, there were, I mean, but going back to U2 and I mean Bono and Gwen and stuff, there was that video. You remember that video with U2, with Bono and Gwen and Nelly Furtado and all these yeah, other... Yeah, 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 but that's not the one I'm talking oh, about. I'm okay. talking about earlier than that. Oh, I don't know. 90 status with like Michael Jackson and shit. Oh, oh, that's way before, yeah. Um, it is We Are the World, right? Yeah. Jackie- my wife, my beautiful wife, just confirmed "We Are the World" was the song. Is that about AIDS, though? I don't know if it's about AIDS, but I know there was. I mean, uh, a lot of people got together for that. Jay said it's about making the world a better place, Joe. <laughs> Heal totally the world, make what? it a better place. No, no, no. That's a Michael Jackson song. That's different than "We Are the World." We are God's we children. Are the children. Yeah. yeah. I don't know any of the other lyrics, though. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I paid any attention is because Michael Jackson was involved. Yep. Yep. And I wanted him to molest me so bad. I bet you did. Hee <laughs> <laughs> Was that it? Was that you, Michael? Yeah. How do you know there's a part when? How do you know when there's a party at Michael Jackson's house? I don't. When the big uh, wheels are in the driveway. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I threw them all inside of each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. We, that's going in the pod. We're yeah, we're uh, we're all over the place in this. I'm a full-time father. You are. These days, Steve Jones. You are. You are. It takes a lot. You're a full-time dad, but you just lock your kids in the closet. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a choice. They don't mind. They, they don't mind. They love it. You know, when you do something repetitive, you throw a button into the dark and you say the first one to find it wins. When you do something repetitively, it becomes a routine, and there uh, and kids are all about routines. So, right. all right, George, into the shoebox. Exactly, and then, then he'll be used to it. So it's not a right. bad, not a bad thing at all. No, no, 
not at all. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, what what else? What else we got going? Oh, so uh, there is a little tiny bit of music news that I just wanted to hit on. It's not even. Oh God. Play the, play the song. Play the song. Here it is. Music news. Okay, music news. Um, so we have uh, some stories. You're shaking your head. <laughs> you love music news. Come on. My awesome bed hawk disapproves. You're awesome. I should take a screenshot of that. <laughs> Post it on Twitter. Yeah, let's, uh, let's take a screenshot. Ready? Show show, show your awesome bed hawk. No, not, not going to do it. Oh, you're backing out. You fucked up. You fucked up. You're racking out. I can't. I, you take, gotta do those things without saying anything, Steven. It, Otherwise, it's no good. It takes two hands, and I'm holding a microphone, so that was kind of difficult. <laughs> um, but that's um, right. You're gripping that microphone like it's a cock about to be put in your mouth. He has one of the base, and he's got one of the shaft, like he's about to jerk it up around the head. Now he's now he's gripping the head. <laughs> Joe. And he's putting the entire microphone inside of his mouth. It's disgusting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. He loves it. Uh, Foo Fighters. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, always going to do the Foo Fighters news. Um, got kind of a uh, two stories actually on the Foo Fighters. First is just a note, really, that you remember the uh, Rockin' One Thousand. Uh, yeah. When they uh, when I completely fucked up the story, but I do remember what it was. Yeah, the thousand. Correct. The thousand musicians who got together and played. In Italy, uh, they played Learn Learn to Fly, of course. Good man, good man. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, the Foo Fighters went to Italy this past week, and they performed for the Rockin' 1000, um, and they did an extensive set. They played songs from all of their albums and um, and some different versions of a couple of. I mean, like yeah, they they pulled out deep cuts. They it was it, it was big. So they they the Rockin' 1000 got you know they're what was coming to them they i mean really got a special show from the food fighters which is awesome um and uh so on the tail of that you know you know dave Grohl has had uh he's been using this um this throne that he built right you know you know his, right everything busted his leg yeah it, this red throne made of guitars looks like the game of thrones throne but with guitars yeah and uh, and so i mean he's been taking it around on the whole tour and he probably doesn't even need it anymore i've I read that somewhere but um yeah, but he's no longer broken it's healed yeah but it's part of his shtick for this tour right now um it turned into that and so Here's a story about Dave Grohl. Um, Foo Fighters' recent show in Amsterdam was temporarily disrupted when frontman Dave Grohl became ensnarled in a falling stage curtain. Ensnarled? It should be ensnared. Ensnared. Yes, that one. Because ensnarled is not a word, but that's okay. He <laughs> became ensnared in a falling stage curtain. The band opened their set in the Netherlands with Everlong, but as the track kicked in uh, and the screen fell, it landed on top of the singer. Uh, oh, sh- Shit. Yeah, it left him in the custom-made throne he's been using because of his broken leg trapped under cover. Uh-huh. It's al- it almost sounds comical, right? Uh, awesome. Grohl continued to play and sing, of course, because he's Dave Grohl, and, right. uh, but was forced to call a halt to proceedings while the curtain was slowly removed. He said to the crowd, sometimes it's the fucked up things that uh, make you remember the show for the rest of your life. The band then started the track from scratch. Uh, yeah, so that's awesome. Dave Grohl, seriously, like I mean, basically our music news segments are just Foo Fighters updates. We it, just covered Dave it is, Grohl and the Foo Fighters. There's always something so classic. Like every, it's almost every week. There's great Foo Fighters news that delivers. It it should just be the Learn to Fly news or something. <laughs> um, oh God, let's not do that. That'd be weird. That'd be weird. Weird. I don't think you're wrong though. There is always good Foo Fighters. It's, I mean, so. it's it's a tell me that story doesn't deliver. No, it does. I, you know what's funny about it is like I don't. I like the Foo Fighters. I'm not like a huge fan though. They're good. Yeah. But they're not like amazing. They're pretty. They're just a pretty average rock and roll band. The reason that I like them so much is David Grohl is amazing. He's a badass. That's it. Yeah. Well. That's it. Well, yeah. So, um, so that's a Foo Fighters story. Uh, I'm a. You know, I I really enjoy the Foo Fighters. I mean, I can't pull out names of deep cuts or anything, but I think they're, they're I think they're the best rock band that we uh, that we still have in this day because there's not that many great rock bands that are still around. Yeah, who've been around for twenty five yeah. years. Yeah, 
characters and exactly sure so um can they're they're consistent um next story we got consistently a mediocre what 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 happened what <laughs> Is, uh, we think George is disgusted. Another artist that uh, I love to bring up on the music news, Joe. R- Randy. Justin Bieber? No, that's you. You love to bring up Justin Bieber. Oh, right. Bieber. That's me. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God. <laughs> it's all you talk about. It's just anytime there's a news story with him, that's another one that it delivers, but for a different reason. Uh, he's scary. Yeah, he's scary and he sucks. He scares me. Yeah. He's, uh, he says... Uh, so, Lamb of God's Randy Blythe was uh, assaulted by a gang of attackers. You beat him up? I, I guess. Uh, so, he's the victim of a gang attack in Dublin earlier this week. He's a fucking massive week. dude. You'd have to be so I, stupid to attack that guy. Dude, I, I talked to that guy, and he was when he was, he was angry, right? I talked to him when he was right. angry. I would not want to get on that guy's bad side, personally. No, no. Like, Fucking with that guy seems like a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he lost his glasses and sustained minor injuries when five or six teenagers... Teenagers! Did, oh, God. Let me go that back. Like a suicide mission. Teenagers. I was with a bunch of teenagers, like scrawny little kids, and we were like, let's beat up this human being who's a beast of a man. Yeah. I, I would, I would forfeit. I'd be one of the guys who ran away. George agrees with me. Yeah, he does. He does. They, they assaulted him late at night, hours before his band launched a tour of the British Isles with Megadeth. Uh, um, and last night, uh, on November 9th, he dedicated prison-themed track five one two to his attackers from the stage, saying, "I hope you get your fucking heads kicked in." Nice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, so true. Yeah, there and uh, so it says there were sixteen to eighteen in hoodies and track pants, and they were spread out, spread out around him. Um, and says, "Well, crap, I guess it's on." <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I started did, stepping did, quick. Did, like, did horns and a tail grow out? And he like summoned the Dark Lord's power to come after these people. <laughs> I know, right? He uh, started stepping quickly into the street. Uh oh, uh, uh, George is. Oh, George. The host woke up fully. I was, I was kind of fighting it, but he's awake. He's not, not a fan of Randy Blythe. He's scared. Yeah, I would be too. I'm scared. We're both scared. You heard my heart rate go up, and he woke up and was like, "Fuck this." Yeah. You standing? Are you standing? George is standing now. Okay, so. So what? What Randy says? No one on the no one on the pod cares. Here's here's Randy's quote. <laughs> uh, no one on the pod cares, Joe. Back to Randy Blythe. Randy Blythe. Here it goes. I started stepping quickly into the street, away from the cul-de-sac where I was. A bad spot to be trapped, trying to keep my eye on them at the same time. One kid drew up to my left, getting close, and blam. Someone else hit me in the head from behind with something, a stick or whatever. I saw stars for a second. Um, and he was rescued by a tr- taxi driver who saw the assault taking place and drove his cab, cab to the gang. At the so gang. Dave Randy Blythe? I, if I was Randy Blythe, and I'm not, but if I was, if I was six foot four, 250-pound bad motherfucker i would just start beating ass i would right? be moving forward i wouldn't wait for them to encircle me i would uh, i would assault yes yes attack attack would be my plan yeah yeah no so uh i don't know apparently they thought they could take him and uh, i mean it sounds like they put up a good fight i mean it sounds like they were whipping his ass until the taxi driver ran them over i know right <laughs> oh man see yeah those are those are some good stories so well, Joe's got to go uh, be daddy daycare, um, and so we'll, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the podcast. And we want to thank Potty Mouth for being on the on the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. So in the next couple of weeks, we have some uh, some more good shows coming up. Next week is going to be Dave Simonette from Trampled by Turtles. Interviewed him at City Winery in Napa, and he did an exclusive performance for Concert Pipeline, which is really awesome. I'm going to put it up on the Facebook page also. Really, really awesome um, uh, per, uh, for him to do that performance. Solo acoustic. Um, he's going to be coming up. We'll also cover uh, We'll cover Live at the Vineyard. Um, we'll talk about that a bit as well in the next uh, couple weeks and uh, possibly have an interview with Andrew McMahon of Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. Um, and uh, and more, more on the way. So um, that is uh, what's coming up. And thank you for turning into Concert Pipeline today. For Concert Pipeline, that's Joe Wilson and George Wilson. That is Stephen Jones. Catch you next time.